drop. In 1992, Quentin Tarantino busted out onto the scene with uh, showing us things like Michael Madsen singing Stuck in the Middle with You into some guy's ear. And then a few years later, the world was completely wrapped up in Travolta mania when he single-handedly revitalized the lead Sweat Hogs career with Pulp Fiction. Fast forward to uh, Quentin Tarantino's career, and he's making movies about people shooting Hitler in the face, and vengeful former slaves, and Hollywood in the 70s. But halfway through there, he gave us a movie about an average couple days in mid-90s in one of the lamer areas of California. It was Quentin Tarantino's only uh, inspired work. It came from the Elmore and Leonard story, Rum Punch. We are talking about the incomparable and amazing Jackie Brown. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Be Kind Rewind Show. Uh, I'm your boy, Joey. Uh, today, oh, we are talking about one of my favorites. Uh, I have loved this film since it first came out in 1997. And when I when I got a hold of my guest for this week, and we were kind of talking about movies to do, she mentioned Quentin Tarantino, and my mind went directly to, to this movie. Um, I basically always mention Quentin Tarantino. You you can't not talk about movies and go through Quentin Tarantino at some point. It would be uh, because it's undeniable what he is is brought to uh, movies in general, and he 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 is basically a a walking cartoon character, (laughs) and his movies are. Uh, each one more bizarro and different than the last. This one, I think, though, is probably the most grounded movie I, I personally have ever... Not even for a Quentin Tarantino movie. Just mm-hmm. grounded in a reality that exists. And um, it, it is absolutely uh, fantastic. We were talking about the 1997 uh, Jackie Brown starring mm-hmm. Pam Greer. And Robert Forrester. Now, my guest today is... I, I always love these episodes where I get to work <laughs> with somebody whom I've never met in person before. Uh, we follow each other on Facebook. I'm going to shake your hand yet again. <laughs> uh, we follow each other on Facebook. I have been a fan of... of uh, you know, that's kind of the weird thing about, about social media is you get to learn about people's personalities and you get a glimpse of who they are before you actually even, like, get a chance to meet them. And I... And I that's... <laughs> This is, you know, we, we talk good oh things Lord. about things, and I oh love. Oh Lord, do I ever have a personality fence? <laughs> <laughs> so I, if you if you can say all the negative things you want about social media, but for me, I think it's, it's just wonderful to, to to meet people that you never even would before. Um, so, my guest today, <laughs> uh, she is a Quentin Tarantino fan. Uh, um, I would almost say you are a, would you say you are an expert in this uh, field, do you think? I'm not sure that I'm an expert, but I'm absolutely a fanatic. And you've seen There's, them all. And I've you, seen them all, and right. I've reviewed them all in my mind, and 
And nice. I've forced dates to nice. watch them. So, <laughs> and they've all been horrified, mostly. You have a master's degree in educational literacy. Certainly. So, yeah, I do. Um, you're going to have to flex those skills <laughs> for us tonight. Because Ooh. not only that, you are a pun <laughs> slam champion. I am. <laughs> and uh, I am really excited. So uh, I, 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 I hipped you to this earlier <laughs> that I was going to put you on the spot. But uh, you need That's to uh, drop some pun bars for us, please. Oof, that's rough. Um, so like the ter- uh, the the pun slam that I did win, they gave me a, a good topic. It was the grocery store, and so I said, "Nice." I hate to potato it all out there, but <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in checking this out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, produce some good plant funds oh, for us. <laughs> I'm producing them. Um, so I thought, like, if they needed me to, I could make some change. Nice. You know, if they nice. can't register my puns. Ooh. It's difficult. Nice. But, like, if we get to the meat and potatoes of it, um, I don't want to pork it all up. Nice. You know? Well, so you, then you were on the express <laughs> to the championship then at that. Mm-hmm. Well... It turns out that everybody did love my puns, and nice. I did make it to the championship. There will be more. Yes, because um, that's an ongoing thing, right? It's an ongoing thing. So they have a pun slam every month. It's at the Lounge at the End of the Universe, which is a place that's run by my very good friend, Jen Adams, who is fantastic. And the Lounge at the End of the Universe is actually like It's a, a phenomenal place. It's a really cool place. They have these great... Uh, coloring books and a, a player piano and then they just have like the best um decor it's very like sci-fi and they're able to make that space enormous like they made it enormous for um a, what floor is it on at the it's at the gem State it's building, on right? the the ground floor um on and the then, right or the left it'll be on your right okay um but they actually have been able to rent the entire space at the gem center for the arts for some of the um events they've had they just had a beb event which was uh scorps our choice which nice. was kind of a rave slash um amazing like dance event and they they actually maxed it out it was like 420 people nice they had to Very turn people cool. away at the door at the door and they had like a a DJ on the main floor and a DJ on the basement floor. It's like and I'm an just old serving o- drinks there, but it's, it's an it's an old four story like office building that they've really turned into an amazing a, place. But they have, There's... yeah. So the um, offices up on the top floor are now artist spaces. Yep, they're all artist and studios. And they're renting them for a very reasonable price. So if yeah. you're an artist and you want to get a place that you can rent and put your stuff out in the halls, they actually are very um, considerate of how poor all of us are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then the actually the lounge at the, end of the, at the end of the universe, even though they do events, even on regular nights, um, they have some really cool craft brews. And um, they are also not a- that interested in money. Like they definitely don't mark their brews up a ridiculous amount mm-hmm. like some of the places around there's also a black box theater under in the there basement is, right yeah. yeah um that's um i did a show there once <clears throat> what uh, homegrown theater homegrown yeah. theater is the resident theater and they do every year 
um, the horrific puppet affair, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But now they're trying to do four more shows a year. And they do it um, on a sliding scale. So if you're a poor individual who would like to see some theater, it's 10 bucks, And they will let you donate up to 30 And then they also have a Patreon mm-hmm. for homegrown theater. So it's really just an amazing art space. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a phenomenal so place. So I, I, I love to talk about it because it matters so much to me. Like I do um, Story Story Slam there once a month. Oh, where that's you, right. They do the Story yeah, Slam. Yeah, you get to come in. And if you want to pay, I think it's $7, you can tell your own story. Nice. You know, you get five minutes on the stage. And I've told some old ranch stories, which was really fun. Nice. And my son loved it. And then I did also win a pun slam, which is another seven bucks entry fee to enter the pun slam. And my son was super glowy and happy about that as well. He's 11. His name's Hiram. So I have to say hi to him. Hi, hi Hiram. Hi, Hiram. <laughs> He'd be All so right. pleased. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about uh, the 1997 um, yeah. Jackie Brown. Let's talk about it. Never once does this come up when you talk. people talk about uh, Quentin Tarantino movies. Yeah, it's, it it's not one that, that jumps out at people. A lot of people forget, uh, to be quite frank, that it's one of his <laughs> one of his movies. Absolutely ridiculous um, that they do. Yeah, it was his phenomenal. third. Oh, it is phenomenal. It is. It was his third flick. First really? One. Yep, it was his third movie. I didn't know that. Yeah, so we did Reservoir Dogs. Then he did Ooh, Pulp Fiction. So good. Yeah, and then he did Pulp Fiction. So. Reservoir Dogs got him looked at. Everybody kind of, that was an underground movie that people loved. That's an amazing flick. Good flick. Pulp Fiction, holy crap. (laughs) You can't talk about the mid-90s without Pulp Fiction. That was all over the place. Okay, but Reservoir Dogs, let's just go back to that for a second. Because Reservoir Dogs was shot 80% in a warehouse. Yeah. Yeah, and it was still place. captivating. It was captivating because you could see some of, of those, ri- those those same those same elements are, are captivating in this. In Jackie too. Brown, yeah. In Jackie Brown, yes. uh, the the locations in this movie are unbelievable because they're locations that everybody has been into. Yep, shopping. They are mall. so. It, it, like I mentioned earlier, it's the most grounded film in a reality that we've all experienced before. Well. <laughs> well, I mean, we've well, all gone we to the all mall. We hope to not we, be in the <laughs> police. No, not to the police. Rooms. Yeah, no, that, that's but a really still, important one. That is a, a yeah, uh, a busy <laughs> one. So then, Sorry. so Pulp Fiction is uh, huge. Mm. You know, you can't. I mean, if they're making fun of if they're if they're bringing up Pulp Fiction in the movie Space Jam, you know, you did something right. <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> I, Pulp Fiction is is iconic. It is iconic. Nobody's <laughs> arguing that. Nope, not at all. But so, when you look back at Jackie Brown, it is absolutely also iconic. Yes, it is. Unfortunately, and and the reason why I was I was giving this some thought as to why it's not looked at the same. I have some ideas. I've got some ideas too. I think that it was just so different from what people were wanting from Quentin Tarantino, in my okay. opinion. Because you go can't, on. you go, you go from Pulp Fiction where the timeline is all mixed up. Um, it's there's insane, um, there's some pretty intense scenes in there. Obviously, uh, mm-hmm. it goes from the mundane of driving, talking about his trip to to Paris or mm-hmm. to, to France or whatever, and then to terrible, uh, violent, you know, acts of violence, and then right back to the mundanity. Okay. 
So, you know, that creates a level that I don't think no matter what he made next would never have been taken. It, it just would never hit the mark that people were wanting. So why, they, how would you um, compare it? Like, how would you juxtapose it against Pulp, Pulp Fiction? Because I think that the amount of killing is similar. Let's see. There's two, three deaths in four deaths. Four deaths in this one. Okay. In Jackie Brown. Yeah. Um, and what about Pulp, and Pulp Fiction has um, three? Depends. Right? You got Marvin. Got, poor Marvin. And then you got you've Marvin, got John Travolta in the bathroom. John Travolta. Uh, Zed. <laughs> Zed's dead, baby. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's, there's a few. But there's also not an overdose scene in Jackie Brown. There's oh, not. Um, there's not. You know, you have people just sitting around, looking at pictures, watching TV, mm. boasting about things that you you know that Odell is bullshit in this movie. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character in in Jackie Brown. Well, he's an asshole. He is an We're asshole all sure for sure. In the beginning, um, when he's um, talking about the guns that he, he loads does, it up with the boobs, mm-hmm. the boobs and the guns. Yeah, uh, yeah. He watches the g- boobs girls and guns with guns and, guns and, guns and, and boobs or something like and that. And he's repeating. The boob gun. Yeah, basically. Rhetoric. <laughs> yeah, he is. He, <laughs> that that scene stuck out to me when he's That's just rough. when they're sitting on the couch, but also kind of just ironic. You bragging know? about yeah, he's just kind of bragging about the things that he does and like he's and he's like I got shit. guns, I make money from guns. And I even even I was seventeen when this movie <laughs> came out. I didn't buy it. I didn't what? buy it. It's like I don't think he's as as. And well, even even uh, Bridget Fonda he's even valid. He's got it. like the chin braid, <laughs> the chin braid, yeah. And then the rough ponytail, and mm-hmm. you're like, you know, what? I don't like you already. You're yeah. ugly. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes the ugly guy. All right, uh, Emily um, mm-hmm. does not like the braided beard. <laughs> I'm against it in general. Like I'm a Pantera fan, but not. A Pantera fan to the extent that I will make out with a guy with a braid on his chin. That's gross. It's gross. And we all know it's gross. gross. Who doesn't know it's gross? Raise your hand. One, two, three, go. All right, cool. Mark it set. Go. Uh, So about uh, half. All right, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, ready, go. So there were scenes there and when they're establishing the characters that just blows my mind, even to this day. Um, Robert De Niro. Aww. Of all people, is so. How did he even bum. get Robert De Niro to be in this? He's not in any of his other films, really. What other film of Quentin Tarantino's is? Well, he's Robert definitely De- playing against type in this movie because okay, he literally just sits around. Absolutely, and is he's just TV. like this stoner ex-con. Yeah. Right. A stoner- but also, and he's like a loyal stoner ex-con, which is really ridiculous. Yeah, for- he's definitely. Well, he's also like he has nothing else <laughs> better to do than hang out. He's like, I guess I'll fuck and- this. Girl. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the I mean, sex ooh, scene for the F word. Sorry yeah, about that. It's fine. I'm not really. I'm not sorry. It's bad. I didn't think you were sorry. I it's was okay. never sorry. <laughs> so, all right. So let, let's take a step back here because perfect. So Jackie <laughs> Brown is the story, and like I said, there's two or three different stories. You know, typical Quentin Tarantino, Elmore Leonard, uh, framing uh, story framing here. If you've ever seen mm-hmm. like Get Shorty or The Big Bounce None or of us any have of you've ever the, seen those things, I have seen both of those movies and they're both pretty good. Um, he's done a whole bunch. <laughs> there's Elmore Leonard's done a ton of stuff, and um, you you look at 
the and they're and they're all the same they're all kind of that same kind of all these interesting characters so jackie brown is about the, the title character jackie brown uh played by the incomparable uh-uh. pamela greer and uh-uh. oh my gosh she is a an ex-con you know because she had she ran she got uh ran in she with ran the law when law, she was like, younger years before that yeah yep. so now she has she's a stewardess and a really low rent um airline and what she does is she runs money from mexico back to uh, america for samuel jackson odell's uh care samuel jackson's character odell and Mm -hmm. she gets caught up with the police because of this one this one small time motherfucker yep beaumont Beaumont livingston Livingston. Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker who, who steals it. He really he's, does do a great he's job. Five minutes he? and he steals it. He's been bailed out, mm-hmm. and then he he is being asked to hang out in a trunk mm-hmm. after that, and he really does put up. That's the, one of the first swerves of the movie. It's a difficult one, though. Like you see it coming. You see what's coming. I did not when I when oh, I was seventeen. I I, t- I watched this movie for face value, and I did not see that coming. Well, that's at all. rough. Um, Spoilers for a twenty-one-year-old movie. Wah, 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 wah. Um, yeah, yeah, he. So uh, I, I, me being end. like the uh, ridiculously wise, ridiculously. Uh, uh, I don't know what, how you say it. I'm very like. Not jaded. I'm hurting it. I'm hurting all of it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just looking at it with a with side eyes. I look at it with side eyes. Every skeptical thing. of what you're skeptical. watching. Skeptical. I'm mm-hmm. I'm side eyeing all of it. And as soon as he was like, "You get in the trunk," I was like, "Oh, that guy's dead." Yeah, I I didn't okay. I didn't see so that coming because everything else up to that point. That's me back in like 1991, and that was me today when I rewatched it. I just I'm looking at him like. No, dude, no. Don't get in the trunk. <laughs> Punch him in the face. Get away. You know, have your have so your. So <laughs> once, so once he gets his bitter end. Uh, oh, it's so rough. Like you it know, is, it's coming. Like by the time he's in the trunk, there's nobody that doesn't know it's coming. The way that's he pulls on the ridiculous black gloves. Yeah, he does. Uh, he pulls on the black gloves. The way that shot and the way that's just one single right? shot. He pans he's out. He's hitting like eighteen potholes. Ba boom. With the typical, and you're like, oh yeah, that guy's dead. With the typical (laughs) Quentin Tarantino uh, aesthetic (laughs) of all the music comes from somewhere. I love that about Tarantino's movies that all his music comes from somewhere. His movie when he drives away is perfection. Yeah, when he drives away, the sound, the the music Mm -hmm. goes away, Mm -hmm. and when he 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 drives closer to the camera, push it in the tape. Yeah, and exactly. And then they get out mm-hmm. there, and then the music kind of stops. Abruptly like, stops bom. when a guy... Bob bomb. Bob bomb. And you're like, oh, that guy's dead. Mm-hmm. And then he shoots him. Like, But he's pulled on the gloves before that. Like, everything happened, and you knew. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, I knew when he's, like, getting the drunk. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I yeah. know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, was... I have some expectations of Clint Tarantino. Well, I think that's I think that speaks to what... <laughs> as to why that this is a great movie. It's... Oof. It's just not everybody's Perfect. favorite because no. it wasn't what people were expecting. I, can I? It, oh. Can you? Of course. I would love to say why I think this is not everyone's favorite. Please. Okay. That's why you're here. <laughs> well, it's ridiculous. No, it's and I feel ridiculous. like it's uh, controversial, in my opinion. 
But my opinion about why this is not an important Quentin Tarantino movie is because it's about black people. It's about Jackie Brown. It's a about black lead. A black lead. Mm-hmm. A black woman who is being wise, who's got it figured out. Mm-hmm. And then when you get past her, then you've got Samuel L. Jackson. Correct. Who is also a black lead. And mm-hmm. he says the N-word a lot. Which 30 is really... some odd times. Oh, no. I, I'd prefer not to count. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a hard one. Because it's uncomfortable. Think. It's uncomfortable for us. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. And so she's a black woman. He's a black man. And really, the good guys are her and um, some very unfortunately good looking older guy. And then, like, two dudes that are cops that are also white. Mm-hmm. And so the dudes that are cops that are white are absolutely bad guys. Um, we've got the, yeah. good, the good guy cop and the bad guy cop, but they're both bad guys. And then we've got the bail bondsman. And he's a good guy who is white. Correct. Uh, but so- she's not white. And they fall in love. And that's unfortunate. Like... I think that the reason the reason that this movie is less popular it's it's got the same movement as every Tarantino every Tarantino movie. <laughs> it's got the same twists, it's got the same music, it's got the same um like huzzah, you know, like where you're like what's going on? Yeah, it's not but, as dirty, I would say. It, well, it, it is. It's not a lot. It's not as wow. Because I think it is absolutely as dirty. There's this woman who's just like a pot smoking kind yeah. of bimbo, a, and she gets shot to death by someone she let fuck her. I feel like that's dirty as fuck. I feel like absolutely for me, this movie is less popular because the heroes are black. That's what I think. Well, Pamela Greer is definitely the hero. And she's and black. Odell, yeah, is the main villain. But you're right. All the other supporting characters are white. And, and I guess and you could say, yeah, awful. there is kind all of All the awful people are white. Yeah. Um, I do like, and and I'm speaking from like, a, I guess it's my, my biggest point of reference, uh, the Max Cherry character, Robert Forrester. Uh-huh. I really liked him. Even the first time when I saw this movie in 97, I really yeah, liked Robert that Forrester character. Robert Forrester kicked ass. He did kick ass and he didn't do anything. He literally just like loved walked Jackie through. Brown. Yeah, he, he, loved, he her. loved her. He did. That's what's up. And what did it for her. me, and it, it, it melted me. It melted me last night when I watched <laughs> this, and, it, and I remember... Till I die. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was in that exact same spot. The scene that always gets me, and I freaking love it, is... Um, and it's not even... An, it's It doesn't push the plot forward. All it does is spend five minutes building his character, and it's the scene right? where he goes to the record store and buys a Delphonics t- Actually, cassette tape. for me, I feel like that does push the plot forward because it's all about him loving her. It tells everything he's, you need to know about him. He's fallen in love with yeah. her. He's yeah. fallen in love with her. He's changed his perspective. Mm-hmm. And so he, whatever happens next, you know that it's out of love for her. Mm-hmm. And that it does push the plot forward to me. Mm-hmm. Like I think oh, that's, that's a, a really important plot point. Like, point. who who among us youngins here 
has not um, gone on the wall and looked for that Memorex tape that mattered. Mm-hmm. Right? And Good so call. he did it. He said, Delphonics, Delphonics, Delphonics. There is, there is some familiarity there with, you know, you, you do get to know somebody, you, you start to like somebody, so you find those those bridges into their personality and, and he things that they like. Yeah, he, there's no he doubt that he has a love He loves her the minute he picks her up from he the does. prison. He actually says that. He says, you know, mm-hmm. I've had 15,000 bonds. Mm-hmm. And she says, when did it end? And he says, when I picked you up. Mm-hmm. Isn't that sweet? It's like, oh my oh. God. I'll kill him. So I'll kill sweet. him and it won't even be my fault. Really. Oh, he's so sweet. <laughs> but it's very it's very Tarantino. Mm-hmm. And it's there very Tarantino is. And and but... from that point you know that that loyalty is there. Mm-hmm. Which is ironic because in this movie there's no loyalty there isn't a lot of loyalties at all but he has loyalty to her that's 100 percent, and she actually does keep loyalty to him he does yeah she offers all the way to the end all the way to the end invites him to leave with her well they they work it out all Mm -hmm. the way to the end yep and so they do have you ever done that it's, it's tarantino's greatest love story really that's what I think. I think I yeah, I would agree. Yeah, they, I would definitely that's agree. That's the only with that. love story that he's best. written that they one get the, away mm-hmm. and they love each other. There's mm-hmm. no ending where Jackie Brown dies. There's no ending where he mm-hmm. dies. Nope. They they walk there away is with definitely love for each like, other. Like not a ridiculous amount of money, but like a good amount of money and then they love each other. <laughs> Hell yeah. There's some other stuff in this movie that I really like. Oh, I was mentioning earlier yeah, about how relatable about it. There is some more relatable scenes here, mm-hmm. and I think it has everything to do with the locations and the way, the way things play out because it's just so real. You've been to like, Absolutely. it's a different store. I can't remember the name of the store, oh, but it's well, totally like a JC Penny. You've already been to that. Yeah, you've been to the Ugh. that JC Penny type of store. I have a really hard time suspending my disbelief on stores like. They, because they all look at me and they're like, "We don't have anything in your size." It but, is hard. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is hard. It is hard. I can see it though. But like I could, in terms was, of movie, movie. That was fairly realistic. Um, I know, but that, I mean, you too, right? Oh yeah, I have a hard time with stores. I none just, of us do. Like yeah. we're going to the Coles, and they're and gonna have everything anything. that fits us. <laughs> <laughs> Right? It's, I always, it's I, I always just shit. buy, yeah. <laughs> I always just like, you can see I'm wearing a stripe. I look, I always well, just wear toddler shit. I don't actually, care. you're adorable. Oh, Emily, stop. <laughs> I won't, um, I won't stop because I, I'm not that sort of person. But the truth is, like, it is very difficult. Like, you go to the store and you say, I'd like to look this way. And then, yeah, it's very rare to point to a mannequin oh, and say, I like this outfit. Very difficult. I want that. Very difficult for you. Do you have this in my, no. <laughs> Even in my own home, like my child, um, his name is Hiram mm-hmm. and he's 11 and he wears men's smalls, but he likes pink and purple and mm-hmm. rainbow and unicorn things. And so we do that. And they always, literally always, every store we ever go to, they, label him as a girl and it's not it well it doesn't matter to fuck all to us like 
he just says, I'm a boy. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he says, um, I don't think it's offensive for you to mislabel me as a girl. Oh, I know. Smart right? kid. Yeah, oh, my he's, gosh. He's a, he's well an honors kid. kid. He nice. Uh, what you were speaking about rings very true. And this is uh, something, again, that jumped out at me when I was watching this last night was the reality that the character of Jackie Brown lives into. I mean, it's very rare that, A, they talk about real dollar amounts. They never talk about real dollar amounts of movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what she makes ranking like on a good year, 14 to $16,000. Yeah. On a good year, uh, being a, 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 a flight attendant. Um, on a, they, they say it as a second rate. Um, that's a real struggle. Yeah. yeah. That is a real struggle for somebody that is, uh, middle-aged and, uh, a minority for sure. And that is a real struggle and it's a very human struggle. And I think that that's what speaks to, to what, what a lot of people deal with. And that's what made mm-hmm. Jackie Brown. That's why you root for her really so relatable. much because she's yeah. a very relatable person. And she's also up, up against some very real, you know, there, there's this after uh, Odell gets, uh, he, he's going, he, uh, he when she gets out he's of jail. He's thing, right? Like he's, he's already got a track record. Yeah, he does. And he's going, you know why he's going to, the first time they meet each other, not meet each other, but the first scene they share together Um Odell goes to her house and you know he's going to do the exact same thing that he did to exactly, Beaumont. Yep. Exactly. And what does she she's do? She's got the the bail bouncer's gun. Well, she holds her own and oh, looks him right in the face. It, right? Yeah. He's got his hand around her neck. She's mm-hmm. got something to say though. Like you think it might happen. Like Yeah, you totally think. There's part of you that says, "Well, it's dark." Mhm. And he's a motherfucker. Absolutely. This shit's about to happen. Yeah. You, you totally, you, you, it, there's, that's so suspenseful. And there's so many of these scenes in this film that are completely it's suspenseful. Fantastic. Like it's and fantastically just, Tarantino. Yeah. So the thing that I, the thing that I think is problematic is that so many people say that this is not a Tarantino-esque film. And like when you look at these moments, where she is got she has the gun from the the jockey box and mm-hmm. he's and he's about to kill her. He's it's absolute. He's gonna kill her. Mm-hmm. Um and then she she works it out. Like I don't know how people who are Tarantino fans can take a step back and say, like, that's not Tarantino. Cause that is absolutely 100% to me, Tarantino. It's That's the Tarantino. same. It's yeah. Tarantino times a million. It's perfect. Sam Jackson did that exact same thing in Pulp Fiction. He's in a spot where he's going to get himself killed. And just talks his way out of it. Not only just walks he does. out, he does. and that's and it. And she, she was ready to she shoot him. She does the same thing. She mm-hmm. should have shot him. She should that, have at but, that time. But like, she was smart enough to know that for one, there, that would have just been a whole hell of a of a of a thing. Um, well, she can't she get away. Him in her own she apartment. can't shoot him in her apartment, and then, and then skate just, back. Just go back in to the what way she that was she's doing. trying to. Correct. In the way in the, the narrative that she's trying mm-hmm. to tell. Yeah, the I do. In, in, it's interesting to where like the murders because there are some murders that happen in the <laughs> flick. 
Nuh-uh. aren't no. major plot points. Like they are, <laughs> but it's not what pushes wow. this. Oh, oh yeah, Beaumont. It is we, we found him and he was it. dead. Okay, cool. and then they well, just. Well, we knew that up. was going to happen when he got in the trunk, right? Okay. He yeah. puts the gloves on. Mm-hmm. We're watching that. Mm-hmm. And then he yes. shoots him, and he's shot him after the bump and bump and bump, and bump. Oh, Yeah. Like that guy is pissed, right? And he just shoots him. And so at that point, we know we mm-hmm. know that there is not, there's no hesitation going to happen. There's a lot, Quinn. What? He's I think very willing to kill people. One of one of his, another one of these is is is, uh, is the subtle. I love the subtlety of Quentin Tarantino movies. They all like it goes okay, from it's, loud it's, and in your face and subtle. But there's Tarantino and like, there's no middle ground <laughs> with Tarantino. Right, right. Uh, there, like there you know really what's isn't. gonna happen. Yeah, it, you know you're gonna get some really dark yep, high points. Yep, yep, and in the middle soft. is but the and then the fringe. You know, you see, like, you, you when you see uh, uh, Robert Forrester go by the cassette tape, mm-hmm. or when he shows back up at her house after uh, in the morning time after the uh, the scene with Odell, and she's just hanging out at the house. She just got out of the shower, putting on some coffee. Like people are just kind of sitting around, and it's those little things that that he does so so well. And if you like to look at it. it if you want to strip away the cartoon character uh, tendencies of Quentin Tarantino and want to look at some of the things that he does very, very well, Jackie Brown, I think, is, is a master class in that because all those points are there. Yeah, there's some over-the-top cartoonish char- uh, things that happen, but there's also some really real... Um, so, uh, you, you, that tone that he has of just the mundane, the mundanity of life and just chilling out at the at a mall, uh, stopping off at a bail bonds place. These places look real. They look uh, everything about this film is authentic. Even the the tall. That's one of the things that when I was a kid, because uh, my grandparents lived in uh, Norwalk, California, which is about a half hour from Disneyland, like Southern California, but not like the glamorous places. And so, the the things that always. Uh, that always come to mind when I think about those times growing up was the really tall um, gutters in the street for some reason. Uh, and if you look closely, you could see those things. There's little tiny subtleties there. There's a scene with um, Robert De Niro when he's at uh, uh, one of Odell's girlfriend's house and she's putting on a uh, show, uh, uh, a Motown number for him. And if you look in the mm-hmm. background, there's a stack of satellite dishes mm-hmm. just chilling in the corner. You can paint a really good picture with just that little okay, piece of information. Ah, she's got a bunch of satellite dishes okay. in her apartment stacked up. Okay, but holy smokes! Like, okay, I know I have something to say about that. Like, Please I do. think, I think that um, this woman and her beauty—it just—I think it's meant to reflect upon Robert De Niro's character. I think that. She's beautiful mm-hmm. and like she's got this um um beautiful voice and we're all meant to sort of appreciate her. Mm-hmm. And then she's absolutely lost in the rest of the film. So for me, I think that uh, um, which character are you talking about? The uh Sharonda? The one that's Sharonda, doing Sharonda, yeah. Just doing the Motown thing? 
she's sort of lost in the rest of the film. Yeah, I mean, she she pops up every now and then, but she yeah, does. she's not a crucial. I mean, yeah, she's absolutely she's, not crucial, and and she's absolutely like musically, she's part of the film, but mm-hmm. um, absolutely beyond that, like she's she's left out. Yeah. So, criminally, she's well, left out, sadly. she's left out. Because she was a pretty and, dynamic character. She just wasn't yeah, in there I mean, for very he much. he kills this other woman. He kills her. Melanie? Melanie. He yeah. kills Melanie. And that's just like... That was an interesting part, Ridiculously too. unimportant. It's ridiculously unimportant in terms of the film. Like, what he says about her is like, meh, meh, meh. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, some of the the, 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 the ladies in his life are <laughs> looked at just like his different types of Absolutely. guns. They're all just different. Tyrande's they there. all do things. Sharonda's there. there. Uh, the the one from the country, the other one that was a druggie, and then Melanie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that, I thought that was a really interesting. Uh, okay, but like, if you're comparing it to other Tarantino films, they're killing it. Like, um, if you're comparing it to Reservoir Dogs, if you're comparing it to um, Pulp Fiction, they're killing it. They're killing it. They have all of these amazing, weird connections. Yeah. So what's the difference? And to me, the difference is that the main characters are black. Yeah, I, that's what that's how I see it. I see it as this film is less popular because the main characters who are absolutely fascinating, mm-hmm. um, they're black. Yeah, I I I I I could totally see that. Um, I I I also think that he was also trying to do the same thing with uh, Pamela Greer and Robert Foster, who hadn't. Uh, headlined a movie in like 20 plus years um Mm -hmm. by having them do this i mean you have like i said robert downey or not robert down uh robert Robert de niro a secondary character motherfucker of motherfuckers actually and up until scarface well and he's 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 a borderline sympathetic character up to a point in this, yeah. Until the big, until the big event day the that girl. they're all, yeah. Until he shoots that girl. That everybody's working like towards. We yeah. don't like him. Yeah, he's sympathetic. He's just kind of a, a bomb, but like he's okay, very non-threading. Like, and then the he just turns is, into an asshole. The truth is that in terms of Quentin Tarantino movies, most of us would watch up until then and not complain Mm-mm. one fucking minute. The reason that people co- watch this movie and complain one fucking minute is because they say the n-word too much and because it's too centered on black characters that's that's what's up that's what i think i think that every single person who is watching or not watching this movie and they think that um they maybe ought to give it a shot they should reflect very hard on what is the reason that this movie is not critically acclaimed? Because the reason that this movie is not critically acclaimed has absolutely every every single moment to do and every single ridiculous um, dialogue 
that is absolutely the Tarantino stamp, you know? Mm -hmm. If you're looking for that Tarantino stamp, um, the reason you're missing it is because you're not following along because of the racist connotation. That's really what I think. I mean, I, I, I could see where that would uh, turn some people <laughs> off. Um, I also think that it's it was missing, you know, there's no heroin overdose. There's no, uh, there's no, I mean, there is violence, but it's not a gratuitous violence. You don't sit there and watch somebody bleed to death in the back of a car. You don't see somebody getting raped to death. I mean, I guess and, you kind of do, though. Or sorry. You do kind of see a guy fall asleep on the back of the car. Well, like, there is a it, lot it's not of as, it's there's not a as, lot in, of very, very, there's violence in it, but it's not, I, I, to me, it didn't, it didn't strike me as, and I, I guess, you know, that's the difference from being 14 when Pop Fiction came out and, and then being 17 with this one. This one was just a lot more, there was a lot more subtlety yeah. to it there than that one. And I guess, when I I guess 17, it was. I was, I, I was totally on Jackie Brown's side. Well, yeah, Jackie Brown is, is definitely the, the, the hero. Um, and I just think that it wasn't, you know, if it was, if it was because it was a, a black lead. I mean, it is interesting. Like I said, you have Robert, De, uh, Robert De Niro, Michael Keaton. Which um, Robert De Niro is not a common uh, character for Quentin Tarantino. He doesn't have a lot of Robert De Niro. No, he doesn't use Robert De Niro very no, often. No, he does not. Um, um, Samuel Jackson. We all expect that. We all yeah. expect. Samuel Jackson. And this is the most, he said that this was one of his favorite characters he's ever played. Well, he, he really he, didn't work it out. He said the N word a million times. <laughs> he does play this character wonderfully. Me. But in terms of what he was looking at and like the part that he was going to play, he, he really ruled, he really kicked its ass. No. Yeah. He, 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 he knocked this character out of the park. Oh, which is funny. Uh, Most Def plays this same character in another movie, Odell Roba. Most Def does, yeah, he does. I was when I was I mean, when I was researching the film I mean, earlier. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go see that one now, because well, it was because he was a recurring let's see character. It together, love. All right. <laughs> um, so I think that, so I mean, a lot of you can say a lot of things as to why. No, this is not a bad film. It's actually a very it's well leaning film. Um, is actually on one of the best uh, on several lists as one of the better films of 1997. Uh, Robert Forrester was had a nomination for uh, Academy Award for supporting actor, and then Robert Forrester and Pam Grier were both nominated for Golden Globes for she this was film. Fantastic. Uh, absolutely fantastic. So, what? What? Why? What? It's why? Difficult. What put this movie on our radar for the show? It's not because it's a bad movie. It's a fantastic movie. I think but that it is interesting. Yeah. It's not a movie. It's not your typical Quentin Tarantino movie, and it, it never is. is. It is. Well, yeah, but it's not in what way it is. Like, you know. It's, he, it's, he actually like he comes through with it. Like if you love Quentin Tarantino, he comes through. So if he comes through, like as as Quentin, Tarantino I give him credit does, for not being in this movie. He actually okay. <laughs> well, we're all pleased he's not in the movie, but I I disagree really strongly that he doesn't come through with this movie because I think that in terms of the parts where you are um, are on someone's side, like the parts where you are on someone's side and 
he has asked you to choose like um, a layman's side, mm -hmm. he has ruled that. And if you want to choose beyond um, this side and in terms of his next movie, you absolutely have that choice, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that either way, it's beautiful. Yeah. And his his It's a very engaging work, whodunit. His body of work is beautiful. And if you don't see that based on what's coming up next, then you should absolutely be able to see it based on what came before. And he, Jackie Brown is exactly, exactly um, the kind of movie that you can look at for that sort of, um, uh, help me out, Joey. It's very, it's, it's very, it's the most and least Tarantino <laughs> movie that's made. Well, I, I think uh, that's hard for me. That's hard for me. Because I think that it is very much a Tarantino movie. It is. But I don't think it's the least. I don't think it's the least. What like, would you I'm say would be at... the least Quentin Tarantino movie? Oof. Four Rooms, I guess. I guess, yeah, but he, he only did the... the that, that has, like, this amazing Tarantino scene. But it has, like, also, like, a Rodriguez scene. I don't know. That like, To me, that's kind scenes. of, that's kind of like well, an exception because he, well, he was just 25% of that film. But Okay, but uh, the ending movie of Four Rooms is goddamn. Yeah. It's goddamn is what it is. Yeah. So we should talk about that sometime also. The Four All Rooms. All I'm saying is, um... Hey. This this movie fits into that. We've we've talked about this this, this fits, kind of it fits it. If it's the old school thing, it's a um, oh yeah, it's a very much old school. If you have not seen Jackie Brown, if you haven't seen Jackie Brown, then it's absolutely You're worth doing yourself a disservice. Have not, yourself so. like a strong whiskey drink and a lager drink <laughs> <laughs> and a cider drink a cider and just relax and relax um, and watch that movie because. And watch it on your own, ladies and gentlemen, because yep. it's very Jackie much... Brown is absolutely a work of art. It's an it's a work of art, and you should have seen it if you give a fuck about Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> that's, what I'm saying. that's what I'm saying. This film, uh, I, I've I've talked about this phenomenon before wah, wah. Uh, in this movie or er, in on this show, and it's one of those movies where. It, 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 you have to look at the timeline of when different films came come comes out, and in order of when they when they come out. This movie, uh, and I think I mentioned it earlier in the show too. No matter what Quentin Tarantino made, no mm -hmm. matter what, it would not have mattered because it would not have been as successful as Pulp Fiction. When the Phantom Menace came out. Or when, uh, for or a smaller example, when the movie Club Dread came out after Super Troopers. Oh, Super no. Troopers was huge. <laughs> and then what were people wanting after Super Troopers was more Super Troopers. And what did they get? Club Dread, which is a fantastic movie. But it wasn't what, you know, you're, you're wanting one specific thing and that's not what you're getting. Um, and it's also like with... Uh, M. Night Shyamalan is a good example of this. He comes out with The Fifth Element, and it's absolutely mind-bending and amazing. 
no matter what he did afterwards, it would not have mattered because it wasn't going to be as successful as that. He came out with Unbreakable after that, and it again, God, which was amazing, was good, and it took oh. it only it only took like twenty years to to come back to double back on it and say you know it actually was a good film, but again, oh, it no. wasn't what. I've, okay, so I think that's what uh, the 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 racial element to it the. So much. It's just so. I feel so strongly that in terms of Jackie Brown, um, it's it's a really good show. And if you think that's a good show, but you also think that it's racially fair, we should have a conversation. And I would love to have that I conversation. Have, I have seen some more of this movie bubble up. It's here ridiculous. And there. It's ridiculous. And I think that it's going to end up being better than it Tarantino was. Tarantino has worked time. it out in a, in like such a complex way. He's worked out in a complex way. And so if you think that it's not complex. Yeah, he definitely did a good service. Then you to and I need to Elmore. have a conversation. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to have the best physical conversations. <laughs> All right. So email us. Emily Ball will come and kick your ass. Um, also, uh, so we're going to wrap this up. Um, the the time on the, cl- the, cl- the big yeah. clock on the wall. Here we are. It, it, it's, time, it's time to go. Uh, I big news, everybody. If I haven't mentioned it yet, December seventh, uh, here in the Treasure Valley area, KrampusCon, uh, the Be Kind Rewind will be doing our first live recording in front of a live studio audience. Uh, to fit the theme of KrampusCon, we are going to be talking about the uh, nefarious Star Wars holiday special. Uh, it is going to be. Uh, we were going to decide, dissect the the brilliance of that of that film, and I think it makes sense with the Mandalorian being so popular on uh, Disney Plus that why not talk about the uh, the origins of where um, a lot a lot of of what influenced the Mandalorian, uh, believe it or not, came from the Star Wars Holiday Special. So we're going to celebrate Life Day, which was actually yesterday, um, but we're going to have fun at KrampusCon. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, same uh, bat podcast, same bat channel, uh, with a whole new slew of guests. Emily Ball, thank you so much for being here. Um, I love meeting new people, and I love uh, getting to know people. And this has actually been a delight uh, spending the evening uh, talking about this. And I am just so thankful for you to be here. So, ah, you're lovely. <sighs> Thank you. So are you, Emily. Um, uh, Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, I love you so much. Uh, Thank you for listening to the Be Kind Rewind. Remember, if you do go to the uh, eavesdrop.com website, uh, uh, all our old episodes are there on top of our tip jar. And uh, just know that we love you. And we thank you so much for listening. Emily, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to be here. Uh, Give my regards to Shiloh and Gary. And... And uh, like I said, uh, <laughs> and I love you guys, and we will see you next week. <laughs>